0: Hi, I'm Remy Owen and
1: I'm Isabel Recklidge
0: and you're listening to the Kids Weekly Podcast. Welcome to the Kids Weekly Podcast, the podcast for inquisitive and creative kids. The show is hosted by me, Remy
2: Owen.
1: And me, Isabel Rakalich. On today's episode... (laughs) of course.
2: (laughs) I think everybody loves the ham and cheese. My little sister, actually, she puts Nutella on it and, oh, it's awful. Today's topic is an
1: everyday piece of food which we take for granted. It comes in a range of colours and sizes and has many, many layers.
0: Uh, Is it onions? Onions have layers. Uh, no. What about- what about
1: ogres? Ogres have layers. Uh, no, Remy, we're not talking about Shrek. Today's topic is croissants. Croissanteur. Croissant. Croissant? Croissant. 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 I don't know how to say it, but we'll find out today. So
0: let's break it down. Today, we're going to look at one, the surprising history of
1: the croissant and how it's made. Two, what is croissant culture? Is there an international difference?
0: And three, the future of the croissant. Is a cronut legit or is it just fake news? But before we talk to the experts, let's learn a little bit of the history behind this famous pasterie.
1: Remy, that doesn't rhyme. I was just trying to be funny. Remy? Did you do your research? Uh, I think I left my research at home. Remy, this is our first show and today's the day that you decide to forget all of the work. Oops, 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 sorry, found it, okay, let's go. Part one,
0: the history of the traditional croissant.
1: So, let's go
0: to France, the home of the very traditional and historic French pastry.
1: Actually, Remy, to find out where the croissant came from, we need to move a little bit to the east, to Vienna, Austria. The great-grandmother of the croissant is a small, short, crescent moon-shaped biscuit called the Kipferl. Now, the story of the Kipferl involves an early morning, an army of invaders, and an oven.
0: It was a dark summer's morning in Vienna. Vienna had been under attack for almost two months by the Ottoman Empire, and it was in this depressing circumstance that one baker would not only change the outcome of the war, but the outcome
1: of my mouth! (laughs) Um, I don't think that's quite right. It was early morning on the 12th of September, 1683, when, just like any other morning, the bakers would wake and get to work on the day's fresh bread and biscuits.
0: However, this morning would be like none other before. Dun, dun,
1: dun! Oh, stop it, Remy! This morning, as the bakers were working, they noticed a disturbance beneath the ground. It was not an earthquake, nor a giant spaghetti monster, but rather... The Ottoman army tunnelling their way underneath the city of Vienna.
0: The bakers heard this troubling tremor and told this tale to the city's defenders. Nice alliteration, huh? The king of Poland then came to the rescue with his army and
1: destroyed the Ottoman army to save Vienna. Remy, you're distracted again. We want to know about the oven and the kippel. And when are we going to get to the croissant? Well, to celebrate the survival of
0: Vienna and the victory over the Ottoman Empire, the Austrian bakers decided to turn on the oven. They wanted to make a biscuit shaped like the crescent moon on the Ottoman, now Turkish, flag. They called it the Kipferl. And every time that a Kipferl was eaten, it was a reminder of the victory over the Ottoman Empire and the heroic bakers who saved Vienna.
1: However, we should also just mention that there is some evidence to suggest that the Kipferl did exist before 1683. The crescent-shaped biscuit was mentioned in a poem written in 1227, but I certainly know which story I like better. So we know about the kipferl, but what about the croissant? The story of how the kipferl got to France also has a couple of variations.
0: The first story is that the Queen Marie Antoinette, famous for wanting everybody to eat cake, was homesick. And so, in an attempt to ease her hunger, she asked that some kipferl was to be brought to her. In translation, the kipferl was renamed the croissant, which means crescent in French. And so the croissant entered France.
1: But food historian Jim Chevelier says that it was not until the French started to bake the kipferl with puff pastry, which was only invented in 1645, that the crescent-shaped biscuit was replaced with the croissant. But who started it? Evidence points to the Austrian baker August Zang, who moved to Paris and set up his shop in 1838.
0: 92 Rue Richelieu, Paris, to be precise.
1: Zang may have been the one to invent the much-loved croissant. So... How is it made? For this, we needed to talk to an expert.
0: Our first expert on the show is such an awesome dude. In 2011, he was a member of the Australian pastry team and was awarded the pastry chef of the year in 2010 and 2012. John Raleigh is currently the head patissier at textbook Boulangerie Patisserie in Alexandria, Sydney. We went down to their shop and asked him a few questions.
3: Can you tell us how a traditional croissant is made? So we make our dough, which is just a ferment, so flour, water, a little bit of yeast. We let that kind of ferment overnight. We make the yep. dough with that the next day, and we also let that bulk ferment overnight. And then the day after, we'll give our folds. How
0: many layers are in a
3: croissant? Depends on how many folds you give. Traditional, it's three single folds. We give a double and a single, which just comes out it's about 21. Layers?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you fold the whole thing...
3: So it's a, a big sheet. Butter block so out of one dough. I'll get twelve patterns, just about three, three point eight kilos, and then it is a kilo of butter. Fold that in. Give it my folds. Yeah. So as I said, three single folds is classic. Yeah. We give a double and a single, which okay. gives it more defined layers, it looks nicer. <laughs> yeah. We'll let it rest for about half an hour. Roll it out, cut our shapes, roll it up, and then it's ready to go. Ready to go. So would you say it's. Really, quite challenging. It is actually like even the, just the classic croissant. What are the trickiest parts? I guess mainly the dough, the flour, the flour type you use, um, even the butter. So, we try to stick with Australian ingredients and not have to worry about imported butter. I don't want to go down that path of buying imported stuff. Like, we live in Australia, we've got beautiful butter, we've got beautiful flour.
0: And just to get a proper French lesson, we spoke to an expert who lives, breathes, and is. French. Her name is Celeste Tratou. Celeste, let's get down to it. How do you pronounce the word croissant?
2: In French it's croissant, but I think English people said croissant with a T. I would like a croissant, it's je voudrais un croissant.
0: Coming up, we'll find out if there is such a thing as croissant culture. And what's the
1: deal with the Cronut?
0: That's all ahead, just after our entertainment review. We're here in sunny Rose Bay, Sydney at the Red Rocket Toy Store with the owner, Ricky. Ricky, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for joining us for our entertainment review. So, what have you got for us today? I've got these LOL dolls for you today. I've never heard of an LOL
4: doll, so what is an LOL doll? An LOL doll is a round-shaped gift that has seven different layers to it. Each layer contains a different prize. So it's a pass-the-parcel kind of toy? Yeah, but it's individually done, this one. You get to keep all the prizes. You get to keep all the prizes.
1: So I'm holding this toy right now and I'm having a look. And I've actually seen these before and I've seen lots and lots of unboxing videos online for these. These are really popular at the moment.
4: Yeah, you're spot on. The unboxing videos are real craze at the moment. The kids just uh, love watching videos of people unwrapping. and then they come in and do the same here. So how do we know what you're going to get when you unwrap this ball of goodness? Part of the whole excitement is the surprise that you get inside so you don't actually know exactly what you're getting. But there are different series so you you know what you can expect. Am I going to get a dinosaur? No. (laughs)
1: So there are different characters. So are the different characters, different people, different sizes? Because there are different sizes of these LOL dolls, aren't there?
4: There are indeed. There's the LOL originals that you're holding there. And then you've got the little sisters, you've got pets, you've got Glitterati, you've got Confetti. There's a whole range of them in selection at the moment. But you
0: better be quick because they, they are a hot, hot seller. There's a little baby bottle with the barcode, lots of plastic, it looks very interesting. I have no idea what to expect. I can't wait to open this up and unbox this one myself.
4: We're just going to have Toy Fair and Gift Fair coming up and we'll have a whole new range of stock coming in soon.
0: So we'll keep posted with what's happening down at Red Rocket Toy Store in Rose Bay. Thank you for joining us, Ricky. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Hey Remy, here's a fun fact. Did you know that croissants are made up of 25% butter? What? No way! You know that to tell a really good croissant apart from an ordinary one, you have to be able to smell that warm buttery aroma.
0: Mm, even just thinking about it makes me hungry.
1: So. Is there such thing as a croissant culture? We asked Celeste.
0: Is there a kind of specialist croissant culture?
2: There is really um, French rules with very traditional French people who woke up in the morning and buy the bread and the croissant and everything. But I'm not like this actually. There is some people who are more traditional French people.
0: (laughs) Do you go and get croissant with friends? Is it a social thing?
2: Uh no, not really. It's more a thing with your family parents and with your old sisters and brothers. It's more a family thing.
0: Is it a morning food? Is it a breakfast food? What is it?
2: It's a morning and yeah, it's an afternoon thing. When children comes back to, from school.
0: Ah. ah, so what do you put on a croissant? Nothing.
2: Just natural croissant. <laughs> but my, my little sister actually she puts Nutella on it and oh it's awful. Oh no. <laughs> like too too much too sweet yeah but it's only better you know so it's enough i think oh. for a croissant
1: something that we do in australia is we put ham and cheese on our croissants.
2: oh that's awful guys <laughs> you can't do this <gasps> i saw this when i went to australia and i was like oh my god
1: <laughs>
3: why no john rally i think everybody loves the ham and cheese croissant
1: Alright, can we get to the Cronut yet? That's coming up right after this. This episode of Kids Weekly Podcast is brought to you by Australian Music Schools. AMS is
0: the home of fantastic music education for two-year-olds all the way to adults.
1: Classes range from five to twelve students and involve singing, moving, playing, playing, Reading and creating music in a fun social environment that fosters creativity and learning.
0: Australian Music Schools is acclaimed by the Australian Music Examination Board, the AMEB, and records excellent student results.
1: Classes are piano based and every student will have a keyboard already in the room. And parents are encouraged to participate in the classes too. Australian Music Schools have many locations across Sydney.
0: It's amazing what can happen when you start for the fun of it.
1: There's lots going on in Australian Music Schools, including Estedford's Theory and Musicianship. And AMS Camp. New classes enrolling now. So get onto the website, www.australianmusicschools.com.au to find out more. Hey, Isabel. Yes, Remy.
0: It's time. Time for what? It's cronut time, baby! Yes! So you must have heard of the popular croissant and donut hybrid. But
1: have you ever heard of the cruffin? What about the kreutzel? I've heard of the cronut, but are you sure you aren't just making those other ones up? Okay, so tell me, Rumi, what in the world really is a cronut? Is it a donut or is it a croissant?
0: Here we go. Buckle your seatbelts. This one, we're going in for a ride. Cronut was invented by French pastry chef Dominique Ansel. After moving to New York in 2006, he decided that he would like to make the perfect blend between the traditional French life and the fast-paced donut lifestyle of New York City. So, on the 10th of May, 2013, he created the original, the OG, cronut. But
1: why did he do it?
0: What was wrong with the croissant? Nothing's wrong with the croissant. Dominique just wanted to experiment and push the boundaries of what can be considered a croissant. Also, it just tastes really, really good.
1: A cronut is made from the same pastry dough as a normal croissant, except that it is made into a circular shape rather than a crescent, and is also fried like a doughnut. The official cronut is also stuffed with vanilla cream, topped with icing, and each layer is covered in sugar.
0: Oh, yeah. Yum. But here's where things get political. The official and original cronut apparently can only be bought at Dominique Ansel's bakeries in New York, LA, Tokyo and London. And all others are just fake. But lots of people make cronuts. Yeah, but no one else has Dominique's special recipe or trademark. If you want to get a legit cronut, you've got to get to one of his bakeries early. The lines are huge and they sell
1: out apparently within 20 minutes of the store opening. The cronut seems to be in all the hot bakeries around the world, except for France.
0: Maybe it's too crazy for those traditional French
1: people. The cruffin is another new hybrid, a croissant baked into a muffin shape. The croffin was first made in Melbourne by Kate Reed in July 2013 at Loon Croissanterie. However, it was later trademarked by a different Australian chef in San Francisco. Oh no!
0: Ugh, that's just so diva.
1: I know, right?
0: We actually got to try one of the croffins from Loon Croissanterie
1: in Melbourne. OMG, it was so good. Right? I can still taste it. You can see a photo of the croffin that we got to eat on our Instagram at Kids Weekly Podcast. And
0: that brings us to our creative
1: challenge for this week. As you may know, at the end of each episode, we will set a creative challenge for you guys.
0: This week, we want to know what your croissant of the future is. What flavour is it? What colours is it? Is it mixed with another kind of food? Here's how John Raleigh makes his creative croissants. It depends on what I want to do. and just think of something
3: and go with the colour from there. Brighter the better.
1: <laughs> I've already got my creative croissant. We've designed our own, and you can see ours on our Instagram page. Send us pictures of your creative croissants on Instagram and Facebook and we'll be sure to share our favourites. So
0: thanks for listening to our show. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode of Kids Weekly Podcast. So make sure to subscribe, like us on Facebook, Instagram and follow us on Twitter to keep up to date with all the latest in Kids Weekly.
1: For more information on our show, including our blog, make sure to check out our website, www.kidsweekly.com.au.
0: Really? It's that easy? It's not like slash
1: nope it's that easy www.kidsweekly.com.au oh and I almost forgot the joke of the week this week's joke comes from Erin in Los Angeles how do you make a tissue dance you put a little boogie in it (laughs) thanks Erin and if you want to send us your joke send us an email kidsweeklypodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening we hope you've learned something new I certainly did. And
0: get creating! Those croissants aren't going to create themselves. Bye. Bye!